Good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Reconnect with Your Teenager podcast with yours truly, Emma G. If you are new to this platform, hello, greetings, kia ora, uh, hola, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is Emma G and I am a youth empowerment through songwriting coach as well as a musician and entertainer. And my mission and vision is to save the world one song at a time, not just by singing songs like you just heard, but also by helping young people step into their power, build confidence and find their voices through the art of songwriting. But that is just my approach to how I want to see youth development operate and work. That is just one methodology. There are so many unique, different and exciting ventures that coaches all around the world are doing when it comes to tapping into Gen Z in a little bit of a different way. So every week I get to talk with specialists, coaches, therapists, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, you name it, about their unique approach to youth development. Today I am joined by none other than Kevin Turner, all the way from Texas, who does a whole host of empowerment work, not just for young people, but also young people who are struggling to become the adult selves, the best adult selves that they can be, because he does a lot of work in the prison system as well. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Emma. It's so great to be here uh, connecting with you um, and those that are listening in here in the great state of Texas, it's uh, usually 80, 90 degrees this time of year, but it's in the 60s and 70s, so it's a little cool <laughs> for the Texas people here. Um, <laughs> the cool, the cool I, conversations, eh? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have a heart for for serve for serving the youth. Um, that's my passion. It's where I actually began my work in the field more than 30 years ago. And to this day, uh, the youth are our future leaders. And so helping them come along, navigate their path, um, fighting their way to endless possibilities. I love working with the youth. Um, I still do some work in the prison, but the youth, they are my passion. That's, I mean, I feel you. I, I, <laughs> I, I constantly tell people all the time when I, you know, when I was five years old, I announced to the world, I wanted to be a rock star, uh, a mother, a therapist. <laughs> And I'm like, how am I going to do this? Oh, I'll just establish youth empowerment through songwriting coaching. You know, youth empowerment, youth work is such a, a, a an important niche, and especially with teenagers. I'm yeah. curious to know what it was about, what it is about youth work that really got you inspired to get involved in the first place. I'm the youngest of four boys. And if you know anything about Ooh. boys, <laughs> four boys <laughs> in one household, no sisters, Um we it's all were very, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, we all were competitive, all were athletes. And I'm so much younger than them. As I began to come along, I really started struggling with self-identity. I was always, you know, his little brother or that's the last mm. turner. Um, and coming into my teenage years, I really was kind of struggling with just knowing who I am, what's my purpose, um, what's next for me. And that really left 
led me on a path of self-discovery towards self-identity, trying to figure out who I was, reclaiming myself. Um, and that's when, after I shortly graduated from college, I started working in the juvenile detention center and a wow. mental health treatment, day treatment facility. And that's where I really found the love of helping people, um, affirming people. I just didn't want the kids that I was serving to feel like I did. And that's where I really found my joy and realized, man, I enjoy helping other people win and seeing them grow. That, that's awesome. I mean, one of the one of the, my favorite quotes that I that I heard as I was doing my studies, you know, years ago, uh, was every every successful adult, sorry, every successful child is one caring adult away. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's you know that's one of the the things that's kind of like always kept me keeping on because I, I hear you that I, that sense of or lack of self-identity is so key and you know you are somebody who does a lot of leadership development um you're also a personal growth coach but you I mean I feel like those terms are sort of thrown around willy-nilly <laughs> a lot like what does that even mean <laughs> What is a leadership development coach? And especially when it comes to young people, like what, how does that pertain to helping our young people become their best selves? Absolutely. Especially in 2023, right? Mm. Um, mm. These youth, they're living in the fastest age for information. Uh, they can look up anything that they want to know. If they're looking for videos, information on cars, employment, I mean, you name it, they have it at their fingertips. And so for me, leadership is coming alongside of them and helping them grow personally, finding out who they are a lot earlier in life, trying to figure out where they want to go, what they want to accomplish, and how can they leave their mark on the world. Um, and it begins with your fingerprints. You know, Emma, you have something in your hand no one other person has walking this mm. earth. And it's your fingerprints. And I think a lot of times our youth in such this age is moving so fast, they don't have an opportunity or enough opportunity spending time just trying to discover what it is exactly that they really want to do. I love that. I love that. However, I want to I want to put on my my devil's advocate hat here yes. for a minute. Uh, because you're speaking my language. I mean, uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite books, uh, The World's Greatest Salesman, uh, talks about you are unique, which means that you're valuable, and there you know, which sorry, unique, which means that you're rare, and there's value in all things rare. So therefore, you are the most valuable person in the world, just because you're you're you. Um, but you say that you know what's a part of what you do is very focused on helping a young person figure out who they are and figure out how they fit in the world. Now, you've been doing this line of work for 30 years, which I'm going to then fathom to guess you didn't start when you were 12. So you might be <laughs> Generation Z, sorry, Generation X, which means that the most, I think a lot of a lot of Generation X typical people and, and baby boomers and so forth mm -hmm. will look at this generation and go, but they're young. They don't know anything. What, like, who are you to tell them that they can become something when they're too young and dumb to know? How do you navigate that space? Because, you know, I'm sure as a coach or as, as, a, as a leadership developer, you know, you are somebody who gets that messaging all the time and it's just exacerbated for our young people. Yeah. So how, how do you navigate that space? 
I think it's important to help them navigate that as fast as they want to go. Right. They they're actually especially in our school system. Most youth that I come in contact with, they don't want to be managed. They want to be led. And so how do we lead them by asking questions and not only asking questions, but listening to the things that they are responding with um, and helping them understand? Did you really just understand what you shared and let that marinate with them and then continue to ask those questions? Because at the end of the day, a lot of youth, they're a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They listen to all the adult conversations, Preach. right? They're listening <laughs> to mom and dad, possibly talk about bills, possibly talking about, I have to do the laundry. We need to get the yard done. We're getting ready to go on vacation. So they're listening to these conversations and they're starting to understand what planning looks like, what budgeting might sound like. And I think Hopefully. it's important for us to involve them in those conversations sooner rather rather than later so i i, I totally agree um it, but again playing devil's advocate here <laughs> there's a lot of parents um who are raising latchkey kids mm -hmm. um who you know who have the understanding and i in, in a lot of ways i hope the pandemic sort of shifted this this way of, of parenting, um, or not shifted the way of parenting, but shifted the, our approach to what it means to be a parent. Um, but mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who feel as if they were raised by television or raised by school or raised by their babysitter, their nanny, their after-school care program. Um, you know, therefore, they're not necessarily, you know, the, the kids are not necessarily being exposed to budgeting to um, healthy gender roles in the household, to um, how to file taxes, to how to change a freaking tire, you know, things like that, that, you know, we just, we don't, <laughs> I, I, I studied to be a mechanic for three and a half years, <laughs> but, um, but you know what I mean? Like, so how, how, like, how do you find that balance as a parent between the influence of our of our school system, the time commitment we have at work, and balancing that with with rearing children, you know, what, what does that what does that look like, and how does that role how does that, that bring you in? It's definitely a role, right? I mean, mm. you look at parenting. There's really no manual. We, me and my wife, I'm married, my yard, and. We have two because they're grown men now, 32 and 28. And I remember as they were coming along in their preteen years, going into their teenage years, I didn't have a vision for my children. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of wanted them to cultivate you know, what they love, what they enjoyed doing. But then I began understanding that once I started listening to them, I was able to lead them. And then I was able to let what they were becoming. And I think today as parents, we're trying to provide for the family, working 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Right, and right. there's little time cultivated for um, sharing that vision with our children and allowing them to be a part of it. Um, TV, phones, internet, they have access to everything. And if we bring them along and have them join us, um, 
in the mission, in the vision for family, for life, cultivating their personal skills and growing personally, having dinners around the table. That's uncommon days when you're sitting at the dinner table and everyone has their phone, right? That's a no-no right. in our house. <laughs> <laughs> or they glued and to so the television, just, you know? <laughs> right, or glued to the yeah. television. I, yeah. just, I just think that it's um, very important to stay connected by listening. I think my generation, um, we when we were told to do something, we just did it. And this generation, they really want to engage in conversation and effective communication um, when they're asking why they really, truly want to know. And I think for a lot of parents, uh, maybe just slowing down a little bit, just a little bit and being present when you answer their questions um, and then follow up with the question and allow them to be part of the conversation. I love that. I want to circle back. You mentioned about social media consumption and like the, the age of information technology, right? So, I mean, one of the things that um, I'm really passionate about is leadership. Le leaders lead. We know this. Um, and, you know, attitude reflects that leadership. So if we're raising children who aren't paying attention and aren't respecting, then we may want to look at how we're teaching, raising and educating. But... Um, when it comes to the likes of social media uh, consumption, it, I think it's really easy for us to kind of try to combat that mm -hmm. influence that it's having on our kids as opposed to figuring out ways to maneuver and flow and, and, and incorporate those mm -hmm. platforms into how we're you know, how we're teaching, for example, you know, there's a lot of educational videos on TikTok now. There's a lot of information on how to, you know, do your taxes <laughs> and, you know, a lot of financial management um, information. Now, I'm not saying that all of it is legitimate, but, um, you know, how how does that influence how you work with young people? Do, do are, you, are you really focused or even with your own kids? You know, how, how are you, um, how do you, incorporate that into what you do or do you i think the hands-on experience is phenomenal for this generation of youth they they love to hear it but they want to be a part of it they want to actually put their hands and actually have a hand in doing some of the work whether mm. it's um, problem solving, whether it's goal setting, doing taxes, <laughs> whatever it is, they really want to be involved. And I think that for the majority of them, they learn best that way by having an opportunity to participate uh, and possibly fail. I think that's healthy for our young people. While they're mm -hmm. young, we can come alongside them and guide them and ask questions and be there for them when they have those questions. Um, because failure is just, I think it's simple to allow them to have that opportunity to participate um, and have hands-on experience early on. For me, earlier is the better. I love that. I love that. I'm I'm a huge fan. Um, I can't remember who said who said this, but there was a a really great uh, college commencement speech, which talks about the importance of failing forward. You know, um, mm. you know, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna fall and you're gonna you're gonna get back up, but make make sure that yeah. when you yeah when you fall, it's you're falling forwards, not you know exactly. in, into your success. Um, 
I, I love that. I love that so much. So tell me how, because your, your position is quite unique. You have been doing youth work for a, a long time. You've been a parent for a long time. Um, and you kind of, as Kevin Turner, <laughs> have this, and I, I'm saying this because you kind of get this, this double vision in both the preventative uh, parts of, of youth empowerment, but also the reactive results yeah. of lack of youth empowerment because you work in the <laughs> incarceration system. Now, I'm not I'm not here to dog on any parents of people who are incarcerated. That's not, and I'm not here to dog on people who are incarcerated either. We all know that there's a severe issue um, in this country when it comes to the prison system. But, you know, I, I'm really curious to know how those two roles uh, interplay with each other. Absolutely. Um, and I also equate it to the school, uh, prison, school, our youth, parents, mm. uh, prison and school, both are loud. Um, both can be chaotic. And both environments have untapped people with potential and purpose. And so to have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say that again. Both places have untapped, have people with untapped purpose. Both places are loud. Both places are chaotic. But both environment, both places have young people with untapped potential and untapped purpose. Ah, sorry. I just wanted to hear you repeat that. I heard you. I just wanted you to repeat it. That was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and so experiencing the best of, 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 for lack of better words, both worlds, when I'm connecting with the youth, I'm able to connect with them in a preventive maintenance way on choices and decisions. Um, I've seen what poor choices can lead to. And so I utilize that to share stories, to share experiences, but also at the same time to cultivate the potential that I see inside of them to make right choices and better decisions. I, that's just such beautiful work. Mm -hmm. That's such beautiful work and, and incredibly <sighs> Over, I mean, I've been in the education field for nearly 18 years. And one of the things that I have consistently seen is a lack of feeling heard mm -hmm. and a lack of feeling respected and validated. Mm -hmm. And so for you to be able to do that kind of work is, is just, I, I love that so much. Yeah. Can, you, can you walk us through like what that process might look like? For you and your when you're working with your clients sure absolutely um most of the youth i work with you just you just said a mouthful i did a survey and there was 30 youth and the nut the top answer was i just want to be heard i don't want to yeah. be right it may sound like i want to be right but i just want to be heard mm. and so having said that i like taking walks in nature um i've recently started walking <laughs> And You're talking to New Zealander here. I'm all about nature. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> and so if I have a client, um, just this past weekend, I'll use my grandson as an example. Um, me and my wife, we kept him over the weekend, and he wanted to go outside. It rained most of the time here in Texas. And so um, he got his helmet, he got his bike, and 
I went walking and he was riding his bike. And that is how I love to interact with clients. Some For some reason out in nature, it's a healthy distraction, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're calm. There's a peaceful. Birds are flying. Cars are going by, depending on where you're walking at. But it allows an opportunity to ask questions. Clients tend to be more vulnerable and open just because we're in nature mm. on a walk. And that allows me the opportunity to listen um, and really cultivate a deeper relationship with them because they're not boxed in. They don't feel um, stressed out. They want to talk. Yeah. And so he was just riding his bicycle and we had a beautiful conversation for almost 52 minutes. And so that's something that I love to do because it seems to be a space where you're free, you're open, and some real work can be cultivated in those moments. Again, you're speaking to my my happy person because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, growing, growing up and, you know, I grew up on the beach. I grew up in the woods. I, I grew up, you know, mm -hmm. really embracing that. I actually learned a few years back that there is a, um, a chemical that is activated in decomposing nature that mm -hmm. works as a natural antidepressant. So I, I, I love that you're encompassing that, mm -hmm. um, particularly because, um, you know, I feel, especially in the year 2023, there is a significant need for a holistic approach to youth development. Mm -hmm right? The Agreed. spiritual, the spiritual um, element, the, the physical, getting exercise, riding a bike, yeah. uh, going for walks, um, yeah. you know, the, the emotional, the social, and um, the mental, you know, that's the simulation of however that, that manifests for you. Like, as you're working through that process, what does that, um, how, how do you encompass that holistic approach? to the youth development work that you're doing, both with young people and in the prison system? It's a combination of, ev of everything you just expressed, but it's with, it's it's a method to the madness. <laughs> of course, naturally. Um, I'm an acronym person, and so I love to use the acronym TIP, TIP. Um, okay, and, and to one ensure prompt service? <laughs> TIP, right? <laughs> What does your yes. tip stand for? Tell me. Yes, I'm dying indeed. For it. <laughs> um, and usually that first couple of sessions is teamwork. Um, we weren't born to live in isolation. So building that trust, I'm um, getting them to understand, man, don't try to navigate these waters by yourself. Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere is willing and able to connect with you and to help you. I still believe, even though the village may look different now. I still believe the village is the best community to continue to, to raise our youth, to develop our youth, to mm -hmm. harness our youth. It may Preach. look a little different, but it takes more than one person to raise a child these days. It looks Preach. a little different. So mm -hmm. certainly teamwork. And then being intentional. What are your and our objectives for the next 30 minutes, for the next two weeks, the next three weeks? And then performance, right? We have to take action and be able to measure that, evaluate that action, and we continue to move forward. And so that is one of the first things that I love to do. Um, building trust with the youth take time. Of course. And they really just want to know, are you going to be there for me versus how much do you know? How much can you help me? They really just want to know, will you be there for me?
Yeah, yeah. Talking about the reflection aspect of performance, um, I think, at least in, in my experience as, as a vocal teacher as well as a, a coach, um, one of the things that I often, you know, get my, you know, ask of my of my clients is to self-analyze what they've mm. done well mm -hmm. before they go into, oh, I mucked up on that or I made a mistake there or whatever. Um, how, how do you, like, what's your approach to reflection that is, you know, that kind of hits home for people? Because you're right, they, they want to hear, they want to be feel heard, but mm -hmm. they also feel often feel embarrassed yeah. or shame yeah. or, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. T tell me about that. It just comes through reinforcement. I like to have three positive to a negative. <laughs> that oh, self, snap. That self <laughs> I was like going crazy, like because you know the kids I, I work with are like, I need three things that you did well before you do three things that you did badly, and they're like, huh, that's terrible. The, but I mean, three the, to self one? <laughs> the self talk is, so, is the self talk, right? That self talk, the voice in my head, the things that I say out loud. Um, I'm looking for three positives before one negative, and it's a challenge. Um, and we may even get a piece of paper. I challenge the parents get a piece of paper. You can cut it in half. You can draw it in half, half it in a piece of paper, in a pencil and challenge your child to write down all the negatives they can think of. And then on the other side or right next to it, give them the same time limit and have them write down as many positives that they can think of. It's very difficult. You may think a lot of negative things, but when it comes to writing them down, putting them on paper for some reason, it's very difficult to come up with more negatives than you have positives. So I'm of looking course. for three positives before we express one negative. I love that so much. <laughs> I, yeah, brilliant. Because it's brilliant. in there, right? It's in there. Um, and just like youth getting in trouble or someone being incarcerated, that's not a path most people want to go on and live. But when we reframe it, have that self-talk of positive affirmation. It's not mm -hmm. just, I know I can, I have the ability to do it. And then mm -hmm. when you write it down, it's just something about writing it. You will come up with more positives than negatives. I also find it's, it's quite a fun challenge to, you know, I, I, I have this really un-PC saying of what we take the bullshit, we turn it into mm -hmm. fertilizer and we use it to plant a garden. Um, I know it's very eloquent, but <laughs> um, one of the things I mean, what you're, you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, mm -hmm. not just the fact of, you know, finding those three positive things and then, you know, maybe counterbalance them with the three negative things, but even giving yourself an opportunity to look at those quote unquote negative things mm -hmm. and think, okay, how can I reframe this in a way that actually empowers me? You know, for example, you know, being a woman in the music industry, mm -hmm. being a woman of color in the music industry, right? right? You know, there are so many negative 
aspects to that apparently but i'm you know for me i'm like well this is cool because you know i have you know i i i can be an ex a difference you know i can be the, the exception or i can you know sing louder and more aggressively and it's still considered lady like i don't know whatever <laughs> whatever it is you know just giving that opportunity to to re cognitively reframe um when it comes to and I, I i sorry i keep like crossing between your youth work and your and your um work in prisons do you find that there's much crossover in how both parties come up with their answers on on positive and negative i do i um i think a lot of it, especially in prison my experience has been because i started working out with the youth and so young you know at the detention center they were 8 9 10 11 12 13 and 14 years old and when i made the jump to working in prison um incarcerated men and women those are just little boys and little girls with unresolved issues mm -hmm. um and I'm all for justice. If you've done something wrong, I believe in that. However, um, with so many people returning to our communities, it's important that we equip them. And so when I work with the youth, it's just I just bounce back and forth between the adults and the youth. And it's unresolved issues, it's trauma. But the adults, they still have this little boy, this little girl that's still trapped, that hasn't been rescued yet. Mm. Where with the young people, they're wanting to be rescued before they actually mm. go that route. Right. And so that's why that I love working with the youth in a preventive way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, to, to, not to share the horror stories, because it is horrific in there, but to share the stories of men that, have come home, rehabilitated their lives. They have an opportunity to even come back and speak to some of the youth. I share those stories because it's inspiration. Not only that, it's affirmation for them to, oh, I don't want to go there. However, if that story was productive, I can be productive, right? And so with our youth, you know, 55% that have a mentor tend to not skip school. Yeah. And so that's where that passion comes in for just connecting with them to help them make better choices and decisions as they move forward in their life. Oh, you're going to make me cry. This is beautiful <laughs> work. No, I just, you know, yeah. so, I mean, in my previous life, I, I taught at a tertiary institute that a lot of our students were second chance learners, had mm. been incarcerated or mm -hmm. dropped, you know, flunked high school and were told that they were never going to amount to anything. And it's it's always boggled me. Yes, I used the word boggled because I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a little odd, but it always boggles me how mm -hmm. we as a society are still, especially in the education system, right. are still so obsessed with the reactive methodologies mm -hmm. as opposed to the preventative so being able to utilize you know those reactive stories mm -hmm. to help prevent is just that right. that's that's god's work that's beautiful yeah that is that is beautiful i think it just adds a different element to the plan of return right you have a youth a student who has possibly gotten in trouble uh, worst case scenario suspended or expelled from school okay mm -hmm. well what's the plan of return and that's where I love 
partnering with the school, collaborating with educators and teachers mm-hmm. um, to share in that chaos. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate. I do stay calm in those chaotic situations from my experiences. But the to. COVID changed everything for our educators. They're stressed out. Um, they're more mental health, <laughs> mental health professionals than they are teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and working in such a high stressful environment for so long, um, I just see the opportunity to connect with the student, the teacher, and the parent um, because we're all one big community. I just think sometimes we get separated. Um, but it takes all of us. It takes a village to impact and continue raising and developing our children because they are our future leaders. Amen. Amen. Which leads us to your latest venture. You've just recently become an LLC, Unlimited, um, which I, I like that, unlimited, but unlimited education. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> LLC. Um, you're doing one-on-one coaching. You do group coaching. You teach, you know, you work with the educators as well as with the young people directly. How can people get in touch with you? Like, do you work remotely or are you only, are you only based in Texas? You're only working with Texans? Which in person you? and virtual. Okay, cool. In person <laughs> and virtual. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> and um, the website is almost finished. I can be reached on Instagram at Kevin Turner TV. That's K-E-V-I-N-T-U-R-N-E-R TV. Um, you can DM me. Um, I'm very active in the in my social media on Instagram. That's the best platform for me right now, currently. Right. Um, but yes, I love in-person. Um, I love interactive sessions, um, but also virtual as well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I, you know, your energy and I, 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 I tell people I'm all about the energy energy. And I think that Kevin Turner has just like, you know, <laughs> leveled my energy up today. So thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, but no, I, I sincerely, I really appreciate what you're doing for, you know, people across the board of all ages, that preventative work, that reactive work and just empowering the heck out of people is just, it's, it's beautiful. And it's, um, if I may say so, it's really wonderful seeing it coming from a man. Um, because I feel like a lot of youth developers and a lot of educators and, mm-hmm. and youth workers tend to be more white women. Um, mm-hmm. And that no harm, that, that's beautiful. But, you know, it's just, you know, we need we need that diversity in this space. So the fact that you're here doing 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 the do is uh, <laughs> it's just it's beautiful. So thank you so much, Kevin Turner TV uh, on Instagram. You're also on LinkedIn. You're on Facebook. You're doing Correct. all the things. Um, but Unlimited Ed will be out soon. Um, so keep watch this space. Keep in touch. Stay awesome. Special thanks to the Irant Network, of course, for hosting and doing all the production work behind the scenes. Montaigne, you are a lifesaver. And of course, thank you to all of my Patreon supporters and MG Nation for helping make this podcast possible. Until next time, friends, be good, be kind, stay safe, keep smiling, and don't let the world write your song. I'm 
breaking in my headspace I'm trying to get my feelings straight I've overthought my mistakes I turn one into one So hard to stay sober I'm damaged and I'm love stone So hard to remain in control You're writing what I thought I'd know And I'm drinking it in But the lesson they know about My destiny, when it's right as life, the evergreen knows it. I left behind the what if. I broke up with the negative. I'm flirting with abundance, and I'm drinking it in. My purpose is magic. And I can almost pinpoint where my love began. I'm so glad that I know who I am. Cause I'm a woman, ha! I'm not a man. Living through the love winds. I'm living through the love winds.